As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Straw Hut Media. Welcome to Better Together with Anne and Heather, except last week it was it was Better Together with Heather week, and Heather. It's now. What? It's now. It's happening now. They're listening to I it know, now. I know, but you recorded with Jason last week when I went to Boston. I know. I did it all by myself. And you did it all by yourself. How did you feel? Like a big girl? Did you put on your big girl pants? I did. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to just be able to run this thing. And I just don't. And then I like sat in the seat and I'm like, I think I'm nervous. Did you did you get nervous? I, That's I was the cutest thing ever. She, she, she tried to get me to sit there next well, door. Well, no, I told her. I said, "Why did like listen? This is going to happen sometimes when you know I, that I have to I go said, away sit and next shoot. to me, Ryan." And he's like, "No, that would be weird." And I'm like, "Shit, all right, fine." I was like, you know, ready to like, house, I was ready to like steal the show. But apparently, I'm not really ambitious like that. So, well, <laughs> so you didn't kiss his ass like so I do, I, or what does that mean? Well, You're no, not ambitious how can you like not that. Kiss his ass. He's adorable. No, I mean, honestly, uh, and he was. I hated to miss jason oh, no, jason tardic i love you so I, much I, I, I mean not like a wife or girlfriend I, or, or 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 mistress or anything like that i'm just saying i missed seeing you i know being a part seeing of the you interview. i didn't like breaking the news to him that you weren't going to be there because everybody you know wants you did he cry he wept he I did know he, wept. he quietly wept yes I did see those. <laughs> but but he's the sweetest just smartest just he's like i, I hate it this is he's it, too good i know it's like you know i kind of want like if henry grew up to be him i would be so happy um, like i really you know i tried like, to force that on homer i'm like homer listen you want to be a finance guy you want to be jason target first of all he was a you know he's a bachelor the dude has more money coming his way okay well, deservedly and bachelor, now, i'm going okay. to what wait why you have to explain that well, everybody who's listening because bachelor what? this is why okay go ahead she's so, opening a bottle of champagne by the way some people don't know that Jason Tardick was a bachelor. Contestant. Exactly. I just reminded and you. And I actually didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, but cheers, Jason. I cheers did. to your new book. Cheers. I now, why are have, we I didn't have the heart to see him get, apparently he got dumped in Thailand or something. Oh, like poor guy. Oh, wow. I'm sure he it's just wept sad. and wept over that. Like, oh, I man. I think they do cry in the car on the way home. Oh, but, hello, written. But the reason I'm pouring champagne is, A, because yes. I like to drink it. Okay, good. Ryan, come on in here, Bubba. And we're, we're, we're doing, we are doing something special here. Yeah, but Show I, your cute face. Okay, Even okay. if somebody <laughs> is watching on okay, YouTube, I'm, you can watch us on YouTube, too. We're really fun and cute. And that's what I make a living And so, listen. So I Your thought face it was isn't in here, right? Say no, hi. I'm, to I'm in there. Okay. In hi. So the, the, <laughs> he did not come in and sub for me last week. The cutest thing was okay. that when Jason went to meet his bachelorette, like when they get out of the car, they go and and 
<gasps> Jesus. I don't know. I got excited. All right. So Go when ahead. Jason got out of the car and went to meet his bachelorette, he had a champagne glass or a wine glass with a bottle of wine and etched in the wine glass was his family's toast. Wait a minute, the bachelor had dump, dumped him? Yes. And so, <laughs> I Dial thought you would lot. appreciate this. Yes, I do. His family toast is my family toast. It's Kiki's, fa Kiki's family toast. So our listeners might hear us say Kiki a lot. Okay, so listen, so instead of saying God, I say Kiki and I know everybody anyway. who has listened knows this. So this is to Kiki, this is to, this is Heather's grandfather who's very much a part of our lives every day. So what did he say? He said, to happiness and wealth and all the time in which to enjoy it in. Oh, I love that. Okay. Cause see all the Cheers. time covers the fact that you're not gonna die. And die. <laughs> Cheers. No, did you get that, guys? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she said it in private, even though we're being filmed. So <laughs> the episode that you're about to hear is just little old me, but Anne's gonna come back in the end. So don't tune away because if all the- Not little old you, from what I hear, we're mentioned Jason's book, which makes us what? Yes, celebrities. I, I, I was listening to the book on my way back from San Francisco and he mentioned all the people in his book called, <laughs> called, <laughs> You guys, she's only had a sip of champagne. I swear to God, she didn't arrive drunk. She really didn't. I mean, I didn't think so. <laughs> Restart roadmap. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Just come, flies off the tongue. Restart roadmap with Jason Tardick I'm and Heather Duffy as the commentator. <laughs> so I listen to the book because I do listen now more than I read. I know everybody says it's they just, read books. Bullshit. They listen in their car. Yeah. Well, so I listened to it on the way back from San Francisco. What a good way to do I it. Was, like driving, he was talking about all the, you know, famous people he's had on Trading Secrets because that's his Were you number has. one? Well, no, it was Anne H. And, oh. and then he said Anne H. and Heather Duffy. Which well, was, well, because we do a podcast together. I know, but I thought it was sweet. He oh. could have just said Anne H. Well, <laughs> which would have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, so anyways, I don't it know. Listen, I do claim fame before you, darling. Listen. I mean, I know that you're now the diva. Jesus Christ, I, know, I can't even get her out of the bathroom. She looks so pretty all the time. All right. So listen, so okay. this was a good one for you not to be at. Oh, God. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Okay. Because this is a lot about people who have suffered through shitty corporate jobs. Pause, period. Hold on one second. I know second. you've had shitty jobs. No, 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 no. Just one second. I have to give a shout out because I went to do yeah. a movie with Joe. I swear to God, my glasses jumping. I went to do a movie with Joey Lawrence. And I, I just have to say for talking about what? Not having shitty jobs. Not having shitty jobs. Exactly I mean, this why is, you shouldn't you guys, have been on the show. I, I, uh, Joey Lawrence, first of all, he's been working his tail off since I think before he could talk. I mean, I swear to God, this guy yeah, is he's adorable. And he's so adorable. He has a, he's a grown he has up a now. Beautiful. He's a grown up. Um, um, yes, he is a grown up and he has children and his of his own. And his brother and and his wife. And I, I and I just have to his new wife. It's a rom com, who, right? Who wrote, it's a rom com. They wrote it together. I, I I I I don't play either one of their mothers, but I I just had a blast. And I and I I want to say to people who I, I mean people me we go through our careers when you have sustained a career for 40 years all right he says 30 i'm at 40 years of sustaining a career in in the arts and he and i laughed over many many things but so we're kids dinner, could dinner. Give a shit. they're like you don't have a real job now he supported his family and his children and i feel that sometimes too like yeah well you're an actress uh, 
as if it's not a real job. And I'm, and I'm saying that getting into what you talked about with Jason, because there are, you're right, I do not have a corporate job. I work my ass off. What people don't understand, I get up in the morning, four o'clock in the morning and go to set and work 17 hours a day. I uh, train my body every single day to be available for whatever it is I have to do, like high dancing with the stars. You never know what's going to be put in front of you. It's very different life and people don't understand it. We don't talk about it very much, but it was really fun to share high five with Joey Lord, who like is so successful has worked his tail off since the time he was teething and 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 we were so unappreciated like oh yeah that job that has supported everybody in our lives but yeah it's it's that one so so anyway cheers to you you gorgeous couple and thank you for having me on your movie and um and that's the whole point of the book so let's let's talk about the book is to get to a place where you feel like your job you feel about your job like you just talked about yeah with like such excitement and enthusiasm right right as, so, as opposed to what what are we talking about in the, what does jason talk about in the corporate world i mean just to sum the it up feeling of being trapped and that how in how he of course he's a numbers guy right so yes. he ran the numbers of how much time he was able to be himself <laughs> oh and it was gosh. like on a saturday right because isn't that and incredible. You know what also occurred to me is that we always talk about how women uh you know have to wear high heels and all that stuff Wearing a business suit must be the most uncomfortable. Just can you imagine well, I, having to wear a business suit every day? Well, I do. I look around. We have, of course, we live downtown, so we're near the courthouses and everything. And if I remember b- driving around or walking downtown, and I see all the, well, I, I do. I look My and dad I can used to wear sometimes, a like, suit wow, how many blue suits get sold each year? Like the way style is defined in businessmen is: is it blue or is it gray? Well, now it's a and, little more festive, then, but, but still, I mean, maybe the lining the is ties, a little bit different. The, the ties, but your expression is like: do you wear a, you know, a, 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 a pocket square it's like pocket square wow you're really dapper you know what i mean it's like but but the why idea of jason's talking about there. it how much how much time do you get to be yourself which is a good question to ask yourself no matter what it is that you're doing right so, now. so yeah and then we talked a little bit about um you know because his book is basically for if you're in a job you hate how do you get out of it wow. how do you restart that and then i brought up you know the fact that a lot of women after raising kids or men yes. after you take that time off after raising kids how do you get back How into do you the get back into it? Because there's right. a lot of us that are going through that now. Right. You know, a lot of my friends at the age that well, we're at now. Well, not everybody has a podcast partner. That's right. <laughs> Better get a van. So, um, so yes, we talked about <laughs> we talked about how I couldn't get back into the workforce because huh. I, my resume was on a floppy disk. Oh, it's and, so interesting. And the technology had changed. So, how was I going to ever print that resume? Where was I going to find a device to, right. to print out that? Resume? I don't know. I so, think people could do that a little bit easier. I mean, no wonder you didn't get a job. But here's you don't what even say. know what a floppy disk is because you didn't have an office. No, job. and I'm not floppy. But here's the thing, or saggy, just FYI. Um, I want to know what I want to. I mean, now that I'm realizing it, Jason probably didn't know what a floppy disk is. Do you know what a <laughs> floppy disk is? Okay. I, I mean, he's. I mean, of course. I mean, it's, it's Ryan. He's our producer. He knows what a floppy disk is. I mean, my God, he's not twenty. He is almost twenty. But okay. Um, I want to say. So, so what is the? How do you take that leap? I mean, it's one thing to say you're Jason Tardick. Okay. Like, oh my God, you were a bachelor. Oh my. Oh my. Was this before his bachelor days? He. I think I remember him saying he did that before the bachelor days. And when the bachelor came along, which not everybody gets that offer. Um. When the bachelor came along, he's like, screw it. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna take. Well, a, I, that is a risk. Yeah. I. Tell I me. was very proud of my tease that I did in what the actual tease? episode. Uh-huh. But I guess I'll do. It here. Okay, do it. Uh, what is we it? We find out t- why Jason leaves his 
uh, bank ultimately, and it was after The Bachelor. Oh, it was after The Bachelor. Uh, it was. Are you going to yeah. tease me? Like I'm, I'm sitting here on the edge of my of, of my kitchen seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this much. It what ha- it had to do with uh, sex. Oh boy, I I really am sorry that I missed this episode. <laughs> Jason talking about leaving some for sex. Sex with I want to know. Sex with his clothes on. Now I would prefer the other way, but whatever. That's not as much of a tease. That so got him got, fired. You got you got he got fired for having sex with his clothes on. Oh well, I, well, I mean, now she just blew it. Like the whole thing about Heather is hilarious. Like she's gonna, I'm gonna tease you. I'm gonna tease you. You know what? I'm just gonna fucking tell you. He got he got fired for having sex with yeah, his clothes how, on. Isn't that confusing? Isn't that making you? It is listen? confusing. I imagine exactly. it's with his boss, and it was in her office. But listen, that is not what he, it was. Clinton and Monica Lewinsky did it too. Let's listen no, to now Jason. You have to take that out. Uh, let's 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 (laughs) you can she just doesn't stop i mean i'm telling you did i say she was a diva she's a diva how is that making me a diva because you just want now we're messy no it's already listen producers like cut get out get out this is the jason detardic episode starring heather duffy yeah that's true (laughs) we're better together we're fan and Welcome back to Better Together, Jason Tardick. We're so happy to see you again. It is so good to be back. I was wondering, I'm like, what happened to Better Together? I need to get back on. And you told me about your little hiatus and everything you guys have going. So it is so good to be here. How are you doing, Heather? We're great. I keep saying we, but Anne isn't with us today. (laughs) But she'll be back. She's filming a movie. And this is the first show you're doing by yourself, right? It is. I don't know. Uh, It's it's I keep saying we because we're we're like we're like (laughs) one unit. So all by myself. But I've still got Ryan here with me. But it's so great to see you and you've been so busy with so much. And for people um, who are new to us this season, last season, Jason came on and was our money guy. He took us through all sorts of ways to save money, to invest our money, uh, all sorts of money tips. And since then, you've written a book that is all about careers and the the career shift which is actually very timely with what has happened with covid and the the great resignation so do you want to talk a little bit about your book which i read and absolutely loved yeah thank you so much so the book's called the restart roadmap it came out in april and we did a we did a book tour which was great we did eight cities eight stops in eight days it was it was absolutely madness but it uh, went really well, and the book was received well. It hit four bestseller lists and was the number one on Wall Street Journal new release, which is exciting. That's fantastic. Um, and, and the whole book is about rethinking and resetting your career to the expectations and 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 kind of the vision that you've always imagined, as opposed to uh, the maybe reality of how life has led you down. And so, what I tell people is. Through my 10 years in corporate banking, I got to sit in some of like what Forbes called the most powerful executives in banking. And then through my time in this whole media entertainment space, I've got to see some of the best of the best behind the camera and in front of the camera. And all these little trading secrets about positioning and branding and negotiating and redeploying your energy, uh, I've got to see some of the best do. And that's what this book's about. It's an eight-step roadmap to make the smallest adjustment to your career or like the most material shift. Well, tell your story though. Tell your story about being in banking and 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 what kind of led you to to leave banking. 
I mean, I know it, I know it was dry humping, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, People well, are like, "What in the world is she talking about?" See, now you can't, now you can't tune it out. Okay, you're locked in now. Well, uh -huh. I uh, so my whole story is I was a banker for ten years. I was pretty much the yes man. You tell me what to wear, what to say, how to say it, where to go. I'm going. I moved four or five times with the bank. The biggest move I made was from New York to Seattle because uh, uh, management said it's a great opportunity and they put big bucks in front of me and I was there. And that's one of the things you talk about in the book is that if you're willing to relocate, you can you can make more money and you can also uh, get a higher title, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the big things you have to do is identify which of the core career pillars you're trying to seek and chase. I was trying to really seek at this time the compensation pillar. And when you want to get compensated and promoted and accelerated in large corporate America, one of the easiest ways to do it is to be mobile, to be willing to relocate, right. to take opportunity inside the headquarters, outside the headquarters, all things I did. Um, but what the problem is, if that's your only career core pillar, you might find yourself losing yourself. And that's what I found. I found myself living my title and my identity through the bank, the title they gave me and what they asked me to do. I got back from work in Seattle one day and I literally had no one. My, I didn't have a family member within 3,000 miles. I didn't have any friends there because I had just moved there. And I was just like literally a puppet on the corporate string. And I remember this also led to a lot of like severe anxiety. Like I was starting to have massive anxiety attacks and uh, panic disorders and seeing um, psychologists and psychiatrists and pers getting prescribed Xanax and beta blockers to treat those situational things. And what happened was when I really dug to the root of it, it was because I had totally lost any sort of identity me. I lost who I was and I was trying to be everything to any to everyone as opposed to just being me. And then I got asked to go on the reality show, The Bachelorette. And you can imagine managing reality TV in corporate America isn't always the easiest uh, uh, area to navigate. And after getting off the show, I worked for about a year and I was really at the tail end of about to leaving my corporate job, which I had planned. But to the dry hump story, what happened was <laughs> Caitlin, my fiance, and her podcast, Off the Vine, she has a confession she always tells and her guests always have to tell. And it's a great podcast about women empowerment and, and really being it's very similar to uh, what we're about, which is, you know, being through honesty, we empower each other and make make each other feel more together. Right on. It's like, you know, education, inspiration, uh, uh, comedy, all the things that you guys do through the fact that like she'll have people on that her listeners look up to. And the reason behind the confession is like even these people that you idolize or watch on TV or read their book or whatever it is, they still have the most like cringe, embarrassing moments. Right. too. We're all humans. Doesn't matter who, what the hell you're doing. And so that's her idea with the confession. So she tells a story that the first time we ever hooked up, she, we were dry humping and she had an <laughs> orgasm and she's, we were in a live show and she's like, and that's how we knew I, I, he was my guy. And like, you know, she's, she's being funny. She's, she's being relatable. And so that story got picked up in all the headlines. And as a result of that, um, the bank pretty much put me in the predicament, go restart your career outside the bank. But if you stay with the bank, we'll allow it. 
but nothing outside. No more podcasts, no more social media. Literally, you can't do anything without our approval. And as a result of that, I ended up leaving the bank, restarting a few businesses that I've started. And that's why I thought the Restart Roadmap was the perfect title. Does the bank feel, I I wonder how they feel about it now, seeing how successful you've become, if they feel like they were assholes or wrong or what have you do you have any contact with them or have they contacted you i'm just curious you know yeah it's no one's actually ever asked me that and what's interesting is a lot of the people i was like really close with the people that like were my friends not like colleagues we're still pretty close and they're all super jazzed up excited and want to hear more about what i'm doing funny enough my boss my boss's boss my boss's boss's boss and the president at the time, all four of those positions, none of those people are still with the bank. Interesting. So the people that like had, you know, an impact on really what the result of that was, um, yeah, they're they're no longer with the bank. They too may have got fired, probably not for dry humping, but <laughs> That's- All right, let's back up a little bit because I know and our listeners know that you're a numbers guy and you ran the numbers of how much when you were working at the bank of how much time you actually spent kind of being able to be yourself. And I think that this is something that a lot of our listeners can relate to. And it's something I can relate to as somebody who was always hated an office job, hated it, felt like felt this just like Paul come over me when I walked into the office. I remember my first office job in college at a law firm just thinking, this is, I remember driving there and seeing guys on the side of the road selling rugs and thinking how lucky they were that they could like be on the side of the road selling rugs. And I had to go into this office. So, um, and then, then cut to getting my first job out of college that I hated. So when you talk in your book about the Sunday scaries, which is, you know, that Sunday when, when, it's after like five o'clock when you know like, oh, now it's just a regular work day and I got to go back to that place tomorrow. I remember I would drive on the uh, 10 freeway because this place was in Santa Monica for, for local people. That'll make sense. But there was a mural on the side of the freeway that they were painting. And I said, by the time they finish painting that mural, I'm going to quit this job. And wow, uh, I like that. Did you do it? Jason, that mural was peeling and 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 faded and uh by the time i quit that job <laughs> because i didn't know how to do it and 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 i wanted to but but it was you know i at that time it, I, I was it was like my first job out of college so i hadn't built up experience yet and it was a different time we didn't have the options of freelance that that we have now. It was very, uh, you were very locked into, you know, what we call a real job. I remember, you know, living in Hollywood and, and all my friends, the only people who didn't have real jobs were people who worked in Hollywood and they would, we would be out for drinks and everybody would be like, are you working tomorrow? And be like, I'd get furious because I'd be like, yes, I'm working tomorrow. I work every day. I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, and they would all, everybody would just be like, you know, asking that around and it would drive me nuts because no, I'm going into that place. Um, it is funny though. Even when I spent a little time in LA, I was like, does anybody work here? So I could, I could see why if you were in that corporate grind and you see kind of like the, the lifestyle of people in entertainment and arts, yeah. it's totally different. You're probably just driving yourself nuts. Um, and I think, I think you made a lot of good points there. Like, you know, it's never been easier 
to make a shift than now. There's never been more opportunity to do what you want to do literally from the desk you're sitting at today. And so there's just so many options out there. To the numbers thing, one thing I talked about is I started to find myself on, on Sunday, I was getting like severe anxiety leading up to the week, right? The whole week, I, I felt like I, what I call is like my career jail. Like I'd have to go lock myself, go report to career jail and do what I had to do to continue to exceed expectations and be the banker, Jason. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'd get out Friday afternoon, head right to the bar and take down a couple shots because I just got released. And then right. what I felt like Saturday was like the one day I could be me. The one day I could talk the way I wanted to talk and act the way I wanted to act and be with people and friends that were truly friends, not because I was like networking as I had to show that I was like establishing myself with the right people in the community. I could just be me. And I started to do the math and I'm like, wait a second, if I can only be me one out of seven days a week, that's 14% of my year, my, my, my week. You talk about like your, your livelihood, you know, on average, if in the United States we're living until like, it's like mid seventies, uh, I'm living literally like 11 years of myself if I'm literally just feeling like me, truly me, one day a week. And I was just like, it's just not a good equation. It's not a bad equation. I think the message there and the takeaway is if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're not making an impact or passionless, you're not creating a legacy, you're doing something that drives you in any way, there's so many options out there to do something different. You just have to readjust and restart what you're doing today and anyone can do it. And I know people will say, oh, that person, they got this break or that break or this is what happened. But there's so much tact and strategy that can go into really starting to write your own path as opposed to being led for you. And the last thing I'll say before I pause is, if you do not take proactive action, the system and the structure, a lot of big corporate, just the structure in America in general, it is shaped for you to be led. So if you don't take lead over what you want, you will be led. And the question is, do you want to be led in the direction that this structure and what I call the blueprint will lead you? Or do you want to take control and make the most out of the years you do have that you're contributing to your professional, you know, legacy work and impact? I think those are just such great points for people to hear, because I think there's so many people that are stuck in careers or in jobs that they don't love. And it's it's really important to kind of evaluate and think about what what it is that you want to do. And, um, you know, I do I do public relations. And what I do a lot of times with new clients is we sit down and we do a strategic planning session and we map out a mission statement, a vision statement, values. You know, the mission statement is kind of who you are and uh and why you are, and the vision is where you want to be. And the mission statement, if done right, is going to get you there, right? And I think that people can do that personally as well. I think that like in this, I think that that could be weaved into the restart is that really sit down and write your own personal mission statement about what you want in your career, in your, in your life. And, um, And I think that that's something that can be applied because I think you really and you talk about like where you want to live and the and and evaluate all of those things. And uh, you talked about um, in the book the difference in living expenses from um, Nashville to I I think you were comparing it to New York or one of the big cities. Can you talk a little bit 
about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the big things is you nailed it. You called it your mission statement. I'm calling it like to define exactly what success means to you. Your definition should be a lot different than mine. Yes. And then finding a career that's applicable. But there's think about this right now where you live. You're listening to this. Just give me a score. What does your city do for you financially? What does it do for you professionally? And what does it do for you personally? Personally is like, how happy is it? Do you have the best of friends? There's family close. Like, what does that city bring to your personal life? Professionally, what does that city the demographics, the makeup contribute to the area of work you're in or want to be in. And then financially, like the cost of living adjustment. And I put some scenarios in the book of, you know, if I made, you know, 55K, let's say in Nashville, that I would have to make about 165K in San Francisco or New York, right? So the whole idea is really thinking about how all these scores, personally, professionally, financially, contribute to where you live and what the city's doing back for you. Um, and so for me, I was in Seattle, right? It was super expensive, big tech city. Banking was not even on the map of Seattle as far as like top cities to be in for banking. And personally, I had no one located within 3,000 miles from me that were family or friends. And I was like 2,000 miles from headquarters. So. Yes, I got a good deal to go out there, but the longevity, it did not make sense. The city was not bringing the value to me that I needed to. And that's how I knew for sure that Seattle, Washington was not the place for me. And if you change the place that you're in, it could have such an impact on your happiness and your professional acceleration. And, and you make the good point to really weigh everything because I live in Los Angeles and I know it's very expensive and I think about moving out, but I never would because I have such, uh, you know, a tight group of friends and family and I, I love L.A. So I'm willing to take that hit and it's a hit, you know, but I'm willing to do it. Totally. And, and I give the example like my brother where I say, Stephen, for the money you paid for your place in New York, we can have a customized place, anything you want, Nashville, Tennessee. And his exact, exact response similar to yours is, but then I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I love New York. New York's the best place in the world and for him. And I think what you just said is so important. You said, I love where I live. I love L.A. If you love L.A., if you love where you live, you are in such a minority of individuals across the United States. If you could say, I'm in a city that I love, I adore it, I love it, I never want to leave. That is such a small fraction of the entire population. And so once you know that you're there, now it's all about bringing the city and your experience in the city and your professional acceleration to the next level. Right. It's unfortunate I can't say that about Kansas, but uh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The other thing that I want to talk about, so I just I want people listening when when they're done listening with this show to have like really clear steps if they hate their job, if they're unfulfilled. And I also want to tie in something that is really important and that comes up for me a lot because I'm a little bit older than you. Um, actually, I'm a lot older than you, but uh, is when kids when when pe- oftentimes parents will take time off to raise their kids, then they have to go back into the job market. And that's a huge restart. Um, I did that. And it was really, it, I wished that I had a book like yours to, because I think it's incredibly helpful for people going back into the workforce after taking time to take care of kids. And um, I think a lot of it can be applied. I think when you talk about networking, that's ultimately how I got back in to the workforce was, was using was using my network. So let's let's talk a little bit about that and the steps that people can take and 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 let's keep in mind that that it applies to um to people trying to get back into the workforce too. Yeah. So I think first of all, networking, right? Uh, people will originally or, or you know traditionally think of networking like a little badge on your suit and you're going to an event, shaking hands, trying to meet random people. And that's not what we're talking about. What we talk about in the book, the whole chapter is take the work out of networking. If you hear the word networking and you cringe a little bit, this chapter is for you. The whole idea about this is it takes one introduction, it takes one message, it takes one conversation to change the whole trajectory of your entire life. And there's such simple things you could do right now. Like for example, LinkedIn is the most powerful job recruiting site in the world. 40 million people a week are finding their jobs through LinkedIn. 40 million people a week are finding their jobs through LinkedIn. So make sure when you're on all your other social media sites, all the people you've connected with through through your life on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter, make sure you're following them on LinkedIn. Because in LinkedIn is the place that they'll respond to a few things. One, a question via DM, or two, you might look at their network and see that they're connected with the hiring manager of the place you're looking to go. That's a thought, that's a strategy. Networking has never been easier than it is in 2022. If you're rethinking about getting back into the workforce or what you're doing and why, you gotta put in the work. 
a lot of people are just trying to spray and pray. They're trying to just throw resumes at a place or just apply to random jobs. You need to take a couple steps back and really identify what it is you're looking for in the place of employment, what would make you happy, uh, where you want to work, and then also your brand. If I ask you right now, two to three minutes, tell me where you've been, where you're going, what value you'll bring to me and where you want to go. You got to nail that because right. first impressions are everything in interviews and networking. And usually decisions in these interviews are made in the first three to five minutes. So I think reverse engineer it. Get your resume together. Get your mission statement and, and success story together. Get your two to three minute pitch of where you've been, what you've done and where you want to go together. Then start to identify 20 companies or areas or industries you'd be proud to work in. And once you have the foundation, you could then build the house. But people just want to build the house without having any sort of foundation. I think that's really where you got to start. In the book, you talk about starting with companies you know, that if you're going on a job interview and you're researching the company, you might be on the wrong track. You should you should be going after products and companies that you that you know which I think is really great advice because then it's a natural fit. Yeah, like the, like the perfect example I can think about, Heather, is like if, if someone comes to me like, hey, what questions should I ask on this interview? My response would be with them like, what's your favorite sports team or hobby or thing that you do in the world? So for me, it's the Buffalo Bills. If someone said to me, you can talk to the Buffalo Bills right now, what questions would you have? I could ask them a thousand, right? Because yeah. I'm interested. I know it. I'm, I'm active. You should feel that way about the companies you're applying for, right? You're really interested in what they're doing. The questions should come naturally. So if you get to the stage where you're asking yourself, what should I ask this company in the interview when I'm going? It's probably that you didn't do enough due diligence about that company in the first hand to know it's a good fit for what you're trying to achieve. Right. For example, I really wanted to work for the Dodgers when I was younger. And and um, but but they also you know, you also have to look at compensation, too. Right. So you have to weigh you have to weigh what how much you enjoy working there and then what the compensation is. And there's there, there's a lot of moving parts. But ultimately, I think a lot of what you're saying is that you really have to look inside yourself and really have like a heart to heart with yourself about what you want and, and what you need uh, to be happy and fulfilled in work. And and I, I want you to tell the story because I think this is such a good networking story and how people can really apply when we're talking about networking without the work is when you search kind of searching through social media to see who knows who in what companies and how you used that to actually get a job. I think that's a real tactic, tactical thing that people can take away. A hundred percent. So I think one thing real quick I want to jump on is I totally agree with you. You got to get, you got to have to have the right compensation, but also there's so many things underneath that, that we can talk through. Like how could you decrease your expenses? So you're actually in a place of, uh, you know, that you really enjoy a place of work you really enjoy. And when you do enjoy it, how fast are you accelerating as opposed to a place you're unhappy? I think you could start off a takeaway is just pay attention right now to the things you naturally gravitate towards. Is it brands? Is it places you shop? Is it uh, uh, online places you go, sports teams you like? Behind that's a massive industry. Behind that industry, there's a ton of money to be made. So I think the money will come. And the question I would say is, are you willing to go without X, Y, and Z? Are you willing to cut this expense or this nice to have you have 
if you're in a position or a place that you love working and you know you're going to thrive, I think it's worth thinking about. Um, with the networking piece, one of the things we talk about in the book is there's this uh, there's an application that I talk about how you can download it and how we were able to get uh, email addresses for people on LinkedIn. And really just thinking about the people we wanted to connect with and being able to pull their email address, which it's in the book, how to do it, and shooting them a really nice introductory email of, of who I am and what I was trying to achieve and if they would take a 15-minute meeting. Um, another thing, too, that you could do that I used to do as a banker is I would follow all the bankers in town. And people would be like, why are you following all the bankers on LinkedIn? Well, I'm following the bankers on LinkedIn because it gives me more information. If one of the bankers were to leave the job or go to another bank, I now immediately have a notification that they left their role. What can I then do? I could see the companies they follow. And it's oftentimes that they're following and interacting with companies that are their clients. I now can call on those clients and say, hey, has there been any turnover within your bank? I've been at my bank for five years. I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. And the takeaway from that is LinkedIn and social media gives you information. And you could do a few things. You could use that information for your game like I did in business development. Or you can use that information to say, Heather, I know you're connected with Ann. I've seen you guys are really good friends. This is what I would love to talk to Ann about. I just need five, 10 minutes of her time. Is there any way you could just make a brief introduction to me? Right. Uh, to her, right? So I think using the network and the network of people is massive for making those introductions. And people have done that, by the way, and it's worked. There you go. Yeah, and I think you want to be tactful, right? I'm not asking... I, I'm not asking you to put your, you know, head on the line or neck on the line for something that is inappropriate or high risk or anything that would cause and frustration. You got to be very tactful with what you're asking. Right. You want to offer something too. You want to, yeah, you got to offer value of some sort if you, you know, if you're, if you can. Right on. What else? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a big thing we should talk about, Heather, is negotiation, right? So I I want to put that out there because right now you got inflation at 8.6%. We haven't seen inflation this high in 40 years. And so a year ago today, take your bank account and and multiply at times 0.086. And that's how much your bank account is worth less by. Now take your salary, right? If you're making 100K last year, 100K today is worth a lot less. 12 month inflation, 8.6% less. So the importance of getting raises has never been more meaningful because the value of our dollar has gone down. And so in a whole career, according to Payscale and someone's whole career on the research they've done, only 37% of individuals ask for a raise, not on an annual basis in their whole career. And the importance of positioning yourself and making sure you're getting paid for the value add has never been more critical. And there's a whole page, a whole chapter on making sure you're getting paid for the work and value you bring to the table. And people struggle with those conversations and they struggle with the prep behind it. And in the book, it breaks down exactly how to do it. But essentially what you have to do is not tell your employer, you know, what exactly uh, you need the money for. You have to explain to them why you've earned the money and the uh, value you'll be bringing moving forward. So negotiate, negotiate for what you pay and what you earn. And applying that to freelancers, because I always find it a difficult thing. I, you know, I'm a, I work on retainer mostly. 
and I realize, okay, everything costs more and, and I'm keeping my retainers the same. So it's, you almost have to figure out how to negotiate with yourself to justify starting to charge more, which is a tricky bit of business. I would suggest this freelancers right now, go, go increase your prices this second by 10 to 20%, 10 to 20%, go increase your prices, have an explanation to your clients as to why, and make sure that explanation is very tight. And you're going to learn a lot about yourself because if people are willing to leave you for a 10%, 20% increase when we're in an inflationary environment, about 8.6%, you are learning a lot about the value you're adding them. And you're going to get one of two things of information back. One, you need to step your game up. Or two, you're more valuable than you think you are. And are you saying to justify that increase not through inflation, but through the value you bring? Exactly. I think that's exactly. I think you have to be very tactful with, with what your explanation would be. You don't say gas prices are high. Your retainer just went up. <laughs> yeah. In general, th this is what I've been able to do for you since we've been brought you on board. This is my plan moving forward. Uh, given the model of my business and the plan I want to achieve for your growth and my growth, it is requiring me to increase my prices by 10%. Uh, if you have any type of uh, issue, with this or want an outline of like what exactly value I'm bringing, I'm happy to do it. Please continue to just keep open conversation with me as I'm growing my business to grow you, right? And so I think those are the type of things that need to happen and should happen because more often than not, freelancers are underpricing themselves. And finally, what about um, resumes? Do we still need resumes? Because let me tell you, that's the thing that is always stopped me. I remember when I first uh, tried to go back to work, my resume was on something called a floppy disk. And that had gone out of, out of, you know, print out of, you know, the, there was no computers to print it off. So I remember people like, are you going back to work? And I'm like, I can't, I, everything I've ever done is on this floppy disk. I don't know how to retrieve it. I constantly, I'm constantly looking at resumes, Heather. You are? Yeah. What are you looking at resumes for, right? Uh, different different uh, producers or uh, audio engineers or salespeople. Are they still old school, like with 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 their college and then their list of jobs? I don't really care about the college. I mostly care about the experience. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, what do you look for when you're looking at those resumes? Yeah, experience. Uh, um, and then I usually have some specific questions like... What do you ask? <laughs> what? What do you ask? But it really depends on what on what it is I'm I'm looking for. But I mean, it could. I mean, I just I want to know if they have experience within podcasting, and then if they do, I want to know what programs they're using. And then uh, if they're if it's a salesperson, I have specific programs for that too. So I'm curious if what they know about that or like a whole CRM platform or any you know a variety of things. How many people have you hired through networking? Through like I know somebody I know uh, is recommended. Yeah, like. Uh, maybe five or so, mostly not good. Oh, good to know. <laughs> see, see, I would, if I'm, if someone is an introductory, right, or it's even someone, because I hire on LinkedIn jobs all the time, I will 100% require someone to send me their resume because I want to see their social media and I want to see their resume because I think yes. the resume is a depict, it, it gives me an insight into them a little bit. So tell me more, right? I think 
resumes suck. No one wants to write them. No one wants to update them. No one really knows how. But the thing is, is there's enough information to do it. You can get resources online that will help you build your resume. And for me, it shows me like how detail-oriented is this person? How creative are they with their resume and the delivery? To Ryan's point, have they outlined the skills that they they have and they can execute? Right. right. How do they write? I think there's so much you could do with that. I also think on your social media, that is an online resume, whether you know it or not. That is your right. brand. And are, have you thought about your brand? And does your brand align with who you are? And so, it's, yeah, LinkedIn is a resume, yeah. isn't it? LinkedIn I mean- is a resume. And the big thing I tell everyone, and I explain in the book how to do it, is own your URL. I don't care what you do. Own your URL. So put your name on GoDaddy. Put some form of your name on there and have a brief portfolio of who you are, what you've done. And it gives someone such a leg up if they have a website. And I can go to your website and see the work you've done and who you are and how to contact you. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a nurse, a business development officer, a podcast or PR. For for a very affordable price, you can buy your URL. 20 bucks. And for a very affordable price, you can freelance someone, you know, 200 to 600 bucks. And you could save that money up. I know that's not cheap, but you could do it. And you'll have a website forever that'll show what you've done and how you've done it the way you want to present it, not the way someone else can interpret it. I'll have you know, I did write a resume in a panic during COVID because I did restaurant PR. So <laughs> I, I have my, I have my, COVID panic resume somewhere if I have Scary to dig it up. times. <laughs> I want to, you know, we should do a follow-up. You should send me the resume and I'm going to, I'm going to grade you. Oh God, where, I mean, it's, okay. It's half-assed. <laughs> I, I will. It's totally, it's a half, it's like there, it's done, you know? Well, Jason, this has been great. Before you go, do you have, Jason also hosts a fantastic podcast, Trading Secrets. Tell us about some of your recent guests and if we can, and, and what's the, what's the best trading secret you've got for us of late? Oh my gosh. Well, so I just had uh, Trading Secrets. The whole premise is we we are just getting into the transparency of where money's made, how it's made, and what people make in certain industries. The last uh, podcast I had was very timely. It was with Pilot Pete, the, who was the former Bachelor, and The Bachelorette just premiered. And he is a pilot. He's currently a pilot with United Airlines. And I have had so many issues in airports. And so you get to hear all the different travel tips and tricks and also insight as to why these planes are being delayed, canceled, what the maintenance means, you know, how much uh, these people are paid. And I was blown away at the fact that like some pilots will start at like $35 an hour. Like, what? which I thought was pretty low. Yeah. So, and they'll, they'll only get contracted so much. So there are pilots out there that make 50 grand, 40, 45 grand a year. And my take was like, I don't want that guy flying the plane. <laughs> I don't think I want my pilot making $40,000. Like, I mean, it, 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 it's just like, it, it's wild to hear about the industry and how they work. Like if someone starts at the class at United, right? And there's like a hodgepodge of 20 different pilots that are starting through their training and certification. Immediately, the person who will have the highest seniority isn't based on experience, it's based on age. Uh, Another interesting thing is that at 65, you no longer can fly anymore. So it's this wild just predicament of so many things, so many things. Um, But I'll say one of the best trading secrets I ever got, you know, two... uh, 
one quick one or two. Well, I'll tell two. One Molly Bloom from Molly's Game. Uh, it's a great episode. And essentially, what she does is she was an Olympic skier, broke her back, becomes an underground poker host. She's hosting the biggest poker games. Well, oh, the they world. made a movie of that, uh, right? Yeah, they made a movie of it called Molly's Game. To, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Black, biggest politicians, billionaires are playing in it. You can't walk into the game unless you got two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash on the table. And so she ends up getting busted by the FBI, and she tells a story about. Um, she's at this billionaire's hedge fund party and there's this big argument about who makes what and there's a big response that has everyone silent and they're like, yeah, but the difference between him and me is that I have enough and he never will. And she looked at her life saying, I never had enough. I was always trying to chase, you know, my other family members who were doing better, more power, more prestige. And as a result of that, she got greedy. And that greed is what led her on her face with the FBI, wow. you know, breaking down her door. And what she says is if you don't define what enough is for you, you too may be chasing what you think is enough or what you haven't identified as enough. And it could leave you in a really dark place. One quick one from A-Rod, too, was A-Rod said he's had awful experiences and unbelievable experiences. But the one thing is he's experienced in his life what most humans experience in like 10 lifetimes. And he attributes that to having zero fear of failure. He goes, I don't care what people think. I don't care what they do. I step into it. I do it. At 22, I bought my first apartment building. At 23, I did this. And he's yes, he has access to monopoly dollars, what he says, but he's not afraid of failure. And as a result of that, he says, I have failed so many times. I have had the most cringeworthy interviews. I've had the most embarrassing moments in my life, but I've had those because I'm just me and I go all in all the time. And as a result of that, I've lived the experiences. Uh, and every time he's, he's like, every time I make a move, I get more information and then I get in a better place. And essentially his lack of fear of failure has allowed him to accelerate every aspect of his life in so many different directions. And that really relates to what we talked about today, because it really is restarting your career is a leap of faith. It's it's scary. It's it's scary for a lot of people to go outside of something that feels secure, even if they hate it. Um, it's it's you got to be fearless to restart in a lot of ways. Got to be fearless. And the one, the second chapter I talk about is called breaking the blueprint. You got to be willing to break the blueprint you're currently on. And that takes a lot. But once you do, I think it's a huge launch pad to success. We can't let you leave without giving us a little update on the wedding plans. What's what's the school? Okay. So, okay. Caitlin uh, is, so Caitlin right now is in, uh, we were just together in New York City. We took her family out. She's back in Nashville and we have an absolute crazy back-to-back -back summer. I mean, we are, if I named everything that we have going on, it would, it would you'd get nauseated thinking about all the traveling we're doing. Um, so at this point, we don't have any updates as far as when, uh, when the date actually is. So we're still working on setting that date. And once we do, we'll be telling Heather and Ann, that's for sure. Well, thanks so much for coming by. As always, you give us such great advice uh, and we so appreciate uh, getting better with Jason Tardick. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. We miss Jan. We're better together with Anne and Heather. I'm never, I, you know, Jason, I'm going to promise you right now, I'm never going to miss another interview. I appreciate 
Heather and and, and 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 Ryan for 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 being here for me when I'm not. But I do want to. It's everything that we line up with better together in in paying attention to what it is that is serving the joy in yourself and that being the thing that propels your destiny. But we have to, and we, we're learning about it through all of these experts that we have on, we're lucky enough to have on, that it takes a consideration of yourself. It takes a moment to go, wait, what am I feeling? Am I worth it? Do I matter? And can I change my active participation in what it is that I'm doing and spending the majority of my time doing? And is my joy worth it? That's right on, sister. Right on, sister. All right. I <laughs> um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And, um, and we're going to we'll, have Jason we'll, back for sure. We'll, we'll have Jason back and I'll... <laughs> And I'll, uh, I'll ask him the clarity on that story about sex with the clothes on. <laughs> Thanks for making us better, Jason. And a big, big thanks to our Better Together team, Ryan Tillotson, Silvana Alcala, Daniel Ferreira, and of course, Ann and Heather. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever device or platform you're listening to this on. And as always, see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.